All right. So good afternoon, everyone. Um, welcome to another amazing day to have another exciting conversation on the forum, right? Today, we're talking about the power of communities, as we discussed in the Venture Matrix for the Future of Africa project. And I have here with me Kelvin Umechuku, who I, I reckon with strongly as a community builder, um, even through his evolution, right from just being an undergraduate, like we all once were, into who he has become today. So we're going to be having um, the, same, the same format of conversations where we have a little trivia, where we get to know Kelvin behind what we've been able to Google about him or what we can find on his uh, About Me page or what we can find on his LinkedIn. Then we're going to have a discourse right around the topic of the power of communities. Then we're going to have a strategy session where he gives us clear insights, actionable, practical stuff on what he thinks we should do. And then we're going to have a forum trying to understand how our place in uh, defining the future of Africa. So hello, Kelvin. Welcome to the venture, uh, the forum on the venture. How are you doing, man? Okay, I think I have to mute you again. Okay. Okay. Yes. Hi, Patel. Thank you very much for having me. Um, it's a privilege to be here and to be seeing everyone, the community. So thank you very much. All right. Awesome. It's great to have you here. So we're going to jump right into the conversation. So um, we always like to, throughout this week, we devoted this week to Series 2, right, in the Venture Matrix for the Future of Africa publications. And in Series 2, we talked about um, the place of the undergraduate community in economic outlook of the future of Africa, right? So we talked about the first wave, we talked about the eight stages of development, we talked about um, the place of leaders, right? The, 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 the need for collective responsibility and, you know, all of that, right? And one very important factor that was really talked about was that the power of communities, that we cannot properly evaluate any economic potential from this undergraduate community if we do not understand the role and the place and the power of community. So the first question we want to ask, you know, based on that publication is, you know, just tell us who you are as regards um, this conversation about community. Tell us something that we probably don't know, right, from, you know, about communities. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what you know. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm Kelvin Omechuku, um, currently serving as the program manager and portfolio manager at um, Co-creation Hub, Africa's leading innovation center. Um, so, yeah, um, as regards community, um, I started, I founded Consonance in 2017, grew up to over, over a thousand developers, designers, and entrepreneurs in the tech space. Uh, in, with TechQuest, we're able to push, build communities across 15 states in Nigeria and reach over 20,000 young people with STEM education. So my journey has sort of gone through different areas, you know, from STEM to startups, communities, but all in all, it's, I think it's all, it's all around impact and building communities. So yeah, so if there's something you don't know, okay, so I currently run the Facebook Startup Circle for Lagos. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Good to know that, right? So we talked about the first wave. Um, your first experience in community was probably uh, as an undergraduate in Obafemiya World University. And you know how vibrant that ecosystem is, right? So can you remember any first wave experience that probably inspired your venturing into com the community space? You know, what was that political, social, or economic event that shook you and inspired you to... To, to, to go into community. It might, it might not even be directly related to your, to, your, to, your, to your line of work. It might just be something that happened within that time that I can associate that, oh, wow, that is when people started getting awake and then you decided to venture into it. Okay. Um, so uh, I have taken back to 200 level. I think this was my, the first time where, where we went on strike in OAU. I knew it. Shaq <laughs> was, <laughs> was pretty, pretty normal. So, but the, the remarkable thing about this strike was I, I couldn't go home. And so I had to, I had to stay back. Now, staying back, I had other people also, you know, just around. 
You know, some of them were classmates, people that I know. Um, some of them I don't know, but we do not know that at that point we were just going to get to know each other. So they, they took out the lights, so we had to go to computer to find lights, you know, just to just to do something, you know, to, to make ourselves useful um, for those of us that couldn't go home. And this was the first sense of community in the tech space that I really experienced because everybody was literally just there for, for, for one another. You know, you had people that had resources, they were just, everything was on flash drive. Oh, put it here, put it here. You know, um, I didn't have a laptop then, but I know that when I get, when I, when I get there, um, somebody will just, you know, somebody will sleep, you know, it's normal, everyone. You just you see someone that will sleep off. So, and they would really just allow me to use their computer. So I had my flash drive, I just plugged it into the, to their computers and I started using it. So we had that sharing of resources, sharing of um, uh, ideas, opportunities. And this was, yeah, this was like the first shift that made me start understanding the true power of community. All right. Amazing. Amazing. You know, that, that, that introduces us into the next line of discourse. So we're just going to jump right. I think we've had enough trivia. I think we understand who we're talking to now. So let's just jump right into the discourse because it's going to inspire a lot of questions, right? And the first question is, what do you think are the things that define a, a vibrant community, right? Since you've experienced communities, you've created some, you've built some, you've driven some, what, are the, what do you think are the major identifiers of a community? So, I, I don't want to just, you know, use all the, the nice English grammars, you know, the things that you basically see in textbooks or in articles. So, in my own experience, you know, what I have seen, you know, that, that I've sort of defined what a community is, is people sharing, you know, you know, like, there are people sharing. There's just some form of accountability um, within the community. So you have like, so I'm just going to go back to that period. Um, and that period sort of um, took us, took me to the community called Isla back then in Oeng. I don't think it's still existing right now. So, but um, because we were just all available at the time, so we had this form of um, a way we were accountable to ourselves. You know, just oh, I learned this yesterday. Oh, come and teach me this, and everybody. You know, I don't think we we, we have started, we have gotten into the real wine game. You know, now nowadays uh, before we left school, everybody started whining. But at that time, you know, somebody did not know something like the person just really did not know, and you know, other people would be like, oh, I know this. And they're willing to teach you. So you have that willingness to share, willingness to, to learn from other people. You have the sense of accountability between um, one another. Yeah, I think those, those, those key things are sort of the defining things. Like once you have that, um, I always still bring community back, back to um, the family. So the family is like the smallest community that you can, you can have. That's your family. And you can see what happened in the family. Oh, maybe you know people are providing resources for you to go to school. You know, just sort of be your support system. You know, through your journey. And so that's just, that's like one key defining thing about the community that, that sort of defines the community for me. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you know, it was very relatable talking about families, right? And. That brings to the second question. So when you're defining economics, right, um, families play a huge role in defining, you know, the, the economic outlook of nations, right? Even most times mm -hmm. when you want to measure how well an economy is doing, you check what by, by household um, earnings, you know, or household income and all of that, right? Yeah. But yeah. we've also noticed that that is like an archetype, right, to how university um, undergraduate communities are, right? Why is it that the more communities, why is it that the schools that have more communities happen to be vibrant and alive, right? And the ones who don't have as much don't happen to be as vibrant as that. What is that special thing about communities that make that a reality? Do you understand the question? Yes, yes, sure, sure. And just to follow on what you're saying is, people actually thrive in communities, within communities. 
Yeah. So you yeah. see people thriving when they're in communities. So you see um, that's good communities, you know, because they are also, <laughs> not, they are also <laughs> communities that are not necessarily good. But if you're in a good community with people that are, that are actually genuine, you know, you, you find yourself thriving. You know, you find yourself growing, you know, and there's that growth, there's that energy that is sort of flowing within. Everybody can feel it. Everybody knows that, oh, this thing is, and people can see something. I can't maybe I should put this as a possibility. You know, you know, the, the thing that's that's that differentiates the the other the other schools without communities and, and the ones with communities is that you see these people. Are sort of um, vibrant. They, they sort of know what's possible, and you see them doing more, doing more. So, because community motivates you to do more, to learn more, you know, to be more, to celebrate other people that are doing more, you know. So you you generally have that high energy, high spirit when you when you're in a good community that is um, that is thriving. So people definitely try more. All right, awesome. Thank you so much for that. Right. Um, now, talking about you know the economic value creation space, right? So let's let's bring it back to solving problems, right? Okay. But okay, before yeah. we go into that, before we go into that, since now we understand the importance of communities, right? How do we actually create communities? So if there are communities like now, OEU is I'm not saying this out of bias, right? But OEU is a model undergraduate community to show you the power of community, right? What do you think? Uh, number one, the barriers to creating communities across, um, you know, across places in Nigeria. For example, there is, you know, this same illusion of treating Lagos as the only place in Nigeria, like Lagos is Nigeria, right? Is the same thing applying across board, you know, with different stakeholders, right? So how do we not experience that when it comes to building communities? Because we cannot create vibrant economic ecosystems within our universities if we don't have enough communities. Right. So, how do we actually create communities, and what are the barriers to communities that currently exist across Nigeria? What do you think? Okay. So, in in saying things like how do you create communities, you know, this is like um, communities is um, are already becoming sort of like an institution of their own. Yeah, but it is not necessarily the way it's. You know how they say family is an institution. You remember, remember back then in the home economics. You know, family is an institution. You know, communities in itself, um, they are becoming institutions. But before, before they become institutions, like in the origin state of it, it is. It does not have to be big. It does not have to be. Um, it does not have to be something that is properly organized. It is just, uh, just as I mentioned in earlier, um, mm. we had just people that are just being together. That there is a community. There was no name. It was not called something community. There was nothing. Awesome. It was just a couple of people together that shared the same. Um, so oh. one key thing about yeah. So one key thing about communities is that you share the same. Is that it's drive. Um, Values or values, exactly values. You know, so Mm. as at that point, we also, as you said, values, dreams, and all, you can also share the same challenges. (laughs) You know, ah, beautiful, beautiful. Mm. At that point, for us, we shared the same challenges. You know, we didn't have um, power. You know, we had to go to a specific place. We're moving. You see us like we just pack ourselves. By one year, we know you. We are working on the house with laptop. We are going to find you. We are spaces. Either it's power or internet. Oh, they shut down the one at um, philosophy. Well, let's go to. If you're not going to you probably not know the. <laughs> but we just pointed out. We just kept on working like that. So you know, once you have that shared values with, between, even if it's just me and two other people. Oh, you know what? So I have like a small community of my, my, uh, my own self. Like just, I have these people that we talk about business, you know, just what's happening in the ecosystem. It's just three. It's not called anything. 
um, it's not called anything. It's not. It's just people that are sharing together because we like the same things. We like so when we see something, we share it. You know, and when this person sees something, shares. Oh. I look at this, so what do you think about this? Am I sharing ideas or not? That's a community. So starting a community is actually pretty easy if you see it as what it is. You know, but when we start thinking about communities as an institution, we start thinking, oh, what is the name? What's my logo? You know, that's the first thing you think about before you don't have community members. Well done. <laughs> okay, so and this same thing um, that I just mentioned is sort of this the barrier communities in Nigeria, one key barrier, but I don't know if it's just Nigeria now, mm. is communities are now becoming more of the numbers. So mm. when I came in here, when I came in here now, what, what, what did I say? I'm sure when I said, oh, um, rural community 1,000, you know, reach 20,000, everybody's like, hmm. Mm. But it's, it's not about that, yeah? It's, a, it's, it's not about that. Building a community is much more than just trying to find the numbers. And that's why most communities here today are not sustainable. Wow. So if, I, if you ask me, that, that's the one key thing that we should, we should think about, you know? And that's, I, I think, to me, the, the best community that I have been in, I've been involved in, will be Isla. Yeah, I, I probably did not say this before now. I'm just saying it now for the first time. Yeah. You know why? Because we're able to maintain the norm. Like, there are not a lot of people. We're, we're less than 20. But in most of the school knew about Isla. You know, most, most students knew about Isla. They knew about what was being created. You know, we created VoiceUp, we created Humane, we created, we were going for WRO uh, competitions um, outside the country. You know, just this small team of people, you know. So definitely there's that point where it, it has sort of become a barrier. So you have most communities going high, you know, oh, we have 1,000, 10,000, then, mm. because then again, if you're not creating value for the people that are working in the community, it becomes not sustainable. So yeah, maybe that's where you start asking questions around how um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. So you already asked the question, but let's let's make it into more interesting, right? What do, okay. what type of leadership or what kind of leadership values are needed to create communities that last and evolve together, right? And then you can also now add, you know, how do you actually create value uh, within within these communities? Because one one thing we've learned from your communications right now is that most most communities, you know. It's not like as if they have any actual um, direct benefit except from their personal development and a thriving experience towards their own desires and goals. So what kind of, how do, how do we lead communities? How, what defines leadership in communities and creating value that helps the community to evolve and grow? So for leadership in the community, uh, see this is actually very subjective. Um, because it depends on the kind of community you're, you're leading, the kind of people you're leading. You know, if, if I start building a community with students now, the kind of leadership that, that, that I will employ will be different, just because, you know, these people probably just respect me because of what I have done already. You know, but if I'm building a community with, say, people that are sort of far ahead of me, you know? Is it leadership, at that point, is it leadership what you'll really be talking about? You know, so in that sense, you know, when you start talking about leadership in a community, I think that that's where we sort of start, start missing it, you know? Because it just puts, puts us in that sense of, oh, somebody being here and wow. directing the community. Wow, that is, that is a strong but, point. But, you know, if it's a community, you know, you probably just need guidance. You just you probably need people who call administrators, you know? Yeah. People, that, mm. people that will just sort of help you. That'll be responsible for the community. Just just doing things, just making things things are going in line. But the vision of the community has to be from the community, not necessarily from you. So I, I've made this mistake um, over time, you know, just I have this big grandeur no vision of the community of what I want to see, but then, but then the, the idea, the question is, why? 
Is it for my own benefit? Basically, basically I'm, I'm probably just building a community just because I like how it will make me seem, you know, I'm doing this. You know? That's really powerful. This, this is one big issue we have right now. So you have more yeah. you know, communities just because of that, that thing, that, that sense of feeling it gives them. Rather than actual, the actual value that is actually um, being um, achieved by the community. So I'll, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just say that um, when you start really talking about the leadership qualities that I needed, um, maybe what you need is maybe someone that is ready to bring people together, not, not necessarily be in front, but bring people together to, for them to push themselves. So I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So you're bringing people together for them to push themselves, not for you to push yourself. That's why it becomes non-sustainable because you wow. are trying to, to the pushing the community. You are yeah. trying to build the community. I'm a community builder, you know? I'm the one building the community. I will take so much pride in it. But if yeah. the community themselves are not driving themselves and they're not pushing themselves, we've not built anything. Yeah, wow. we just, we just, you know, we started, but there's still a long way to go. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, you wanted to make a point? No, you mentioned two parts of the question. Yeah, you mentioned things around value creation. Yes. Community. So, if, so what I, I noticed was that, Every time I try to get the community to build something, it has always, almost always failed. You know, mm. I have this vision and I want the community to build it. You know, I want to, I want them to take it on. It's, it's, it, it, had, it probably have never worked at, at least at, up until now, you know. Mm. But when, when you understand that your work as a community builder um, is to, is to make, is to create that enabling that environment. environment exactly. You know, mm. To to mm. just ensure that people feel feel that they're actually in the community, a part of it. You know? mm. Exactly, and if, and they know that oh, they know that other people are there to support them. You know, if you can just have that pass that, if that is all you do, you have built one of the strongest communities. That these people trust themselves, they trust themselves and they, they, they are working together. You know, that's all that is needed. That is all that is needed to build a, a good community. You know, so and that's that's all that is needed to create value. So these people themselves, if they see the need to create that value, they will. So they just need to know that, oh, they need the enabling environment. For Isla back then, it was you no, know, it, it was the the place we have, we're, we're just right there in White House, so we had power, we had internet. That, that there is an enabling environment. And I'm sorry that Nigeria does not have a lot of enabling environment in quotes for you, um, but that there we were able to create uh, our own enabling environment. And this is not even the work that I did, you know, we, we work that people like Oba, Shebu, and um, a few other people, Shebu, and it's the work that they did even before we came in, you know? So, and till today you don't see these guys, you know, shouting about it, you know, or, oh, I built that thing, you know, but all of us that went through it, we know that we, we're part of the community and that is the most important thing in community building or in value creation. In wow, community. that's, that is, this is, this is such an amazing learning experience. Even me, I am learning because um, I, I, I can relate to most of the things you're saying and I'm like, whoa, we was right there in my face and you know i didn't even know that that was how it was, it was being done because listen to you now it seems like the kind of leadership you need for community um it's is very transient you know it's not a it's not a leadership model that is out there for even companies or anything but what you've said you know if we adopt this kind of thinking to how we lead companies lead businesses and lead organizations I think um, we're going to change the world. So thank you so much for sharing that, right? So let's jump right into the strategy sessions because you mentioned two things that really got me excited. Number one is um, about, you know, you, you gave examples of the kind of, of, of leadership you enjoyed from the types of Obashevun and the rest and the kind of 
the kind that you evolved into becoming and you talk about enabling environment so let's get let's get practical right now i was privileged to see you kind of i was kind of like privileged to see you build consonants right and i know i've been part of like a whole experience but i i, I know i can remember the time when we met at kfc in the keja because everybody was trying to to gather themselves for an excursion to maybe was it pay stack or something yeah you remember yeah, yeah. so for for strategy session what do you think is that secret sauce right that 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 you've been able to adopt across different communities now let me explain let me make that now, let me show you how interesting this question is, right? So you build consonants, right? Consonants right now, I know you guys have like three WhatsApp groups of or more than that, you know, are full to the brim. I know that in TechQuest, you did um, a nationwide campaign. So you, you, you had to go to cities to build new communities, you know, within the same space of time. So what is that secret sauce behind building these communities? And they are still vibrant and active. Now you're in um, Facebook developer circle. You know, what is that secret sauce that you know if anybody applies it is like one plus one equals to two right now what is that strategic difference in kelvin metricals building <laughs> community building <laughs> mm. okay so I, I would say i think the most the most important thing that i have i have seen in community building that have sort of worked um is when you empower people you know, your wow, that's if, beautiful. If you see yourself as a, as that transcendent leader, you know, you're, you're just what what you know that your work is to do is to empower people, show a vision that you know that probably that you you relate to it and that mm. other people might relate to it. So, okay, let me give you an example. For instance, um, for instance. Um, when I was in, I was in NYC camp, I was already working with TechQuest. Um, so we're already doing things, we're already in different states um, at the time. Um, but, you know, we didn't have anything in Ikiti. So I, I, went to, I went to camp in Ikiti. So we didn't have anything ongoing in Ikiti. So but I was just there for camp, I was, I was um, deployed there. Um, but when I, just because of the passion I talk about, I talk about you know STEM. I talk about STEM a lot with with people around me. You know, it caught people's attention. And before leaving AKT, you know, there was already a community built. And I I, I mentioned this person's name, Fabio Chukwedu. You know, he was he was my. Let's see. He, okay, I think. Finn said, because um, in NYC camp back then, I was a platoon leader, he was the financial secretary handling money. But funny thing is, before, at the end, it was just like, you know what, I, I want to get on this. And, and what, what I just did was to give him the resources, the, you know, assets to things. You know, right now I see him doing this in STEM and I'm just like, whoa, you know, like that to me is remarkable. He single-handedly did a lot of things. He created his own community in Egypt. I didn't create the community now. He created his own community, you know, um, did a lot of things that he got an award for. He was even, I think, he got an award from the office of the SDG in Egypt State for all the things that he did, you know. And that, that to me there is, is the most important thing in building a community, empowering other people to, to run with their own vision that they have aligned with yours. Wow, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm. Wow, that's, that was pretty deep. Wow. So right think, here. I don't think, I don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so I think right there, we just learned the secret sauce of consonants and every other amazing community that Kelvin has been a part of, right? So the next question for this strategy session, right, is you spoke about enabling environments, right? So let's not deceive ourselves. No matter how much secret sauce we have, if we are in the wrong setting, there is just about so much we can do, right? Now, the reason why we have somewhere like, oh, you produce the likes of Jobberman, right, and not produce 10 Jobbermans per year, is because the environment is not enabling for people to create. 
right? So what is the role, what do you think is the role that communities can play to make sure that the undergraduate community becomes that hub of innovation where people can create, get support, get access, and build things that solve their local problems? So wow, how that question is tough, I mean. <laughs> so you're saying, how can communities basically contribute to that enabling environment for economic value creation in this context? Okay. So I, I think there are various ways to do it, yes. Um, one key thing that I know and I have always lived by is, is that there's no one path to success. So if you know me, you know that uh, my path is a very confusing path. <laughs> it's a very confusing path. So I've done community work. <laughs> I studied mechanical engineering. Um, I'm very social. So even last week I was just an MC at my friend's birthday, you know. I'm a dancer. I can do a lot of things that people see. Yeah. Like now, you didn't tell us that you were called Energy God. I don't know why you, you missed out on that very important information. Well, no, I, I was, I was, I'm called Energy God just because of the energy that I, that I bring to the table. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I, I would say, um, in terms of enabling environments, yeah, how, how people can sort of create that enabling environment. One key thing, at least right now, based on everything that's going on in the world today, is being inclusive, you know, having that sense of inclusion, you know, if you're going to be in any community today, is you're thinking, how can everybody have a voice? You know, how can everyone have that voice? Because when we talk about enabling environments, the first thing that comes to mind is probably going to be, oh, power internet, infrastructure, you know, those things that you probably, they're important, yeah? But then the key thing in the community itself is, the, is that there's proper inclusion so people can speak. People know that they have a voice so that they can be heard. You know, like if I can't be heard in the community, I'm probably not a member of that community. You know, you can say I remember, you can count me as a number to add to your numbers. You know, but I know that I'm not a member of that community, and you cannot, I don't know that you expect me to contribute that much to the community. So when you start having inclusion and you start seeing people speaking about one, the community having a voice, you know, that's when things can sort of, that's when you can sort of change things in the physical environment, you know, mm -hmm. to create that in the environment. So for, for us, you know, um, I'm, I'm very outspoken, so, when I go to, when I'm part of something, I'll basically speak up, you know. So, key things for in, during my own time in, in school was uh, when, when things will ha happen, like definitely things will happen that will probably not go your way, you know, but if the community has a voice, if the community can speak up and they know that they, they're speaking together, is that you can go and move things. You can, you can change things just because of you have a voice that can speak up. So, okay, for instance, in terms of, um, I don't even remember going to visiting Kudi, Paystar, and you know, yeah. the previous so, where we visited. The key thing that happened, um, or let's say the one key thing was, as a community, you are able to move, move things that you probably not be able to move as an individual. You know, when, when, when we reach out to a company and say, oh, there's just people, 30 people, you know, they want to see what you're doing, hear from you and stuff, you know, it becomes, it's, it's different from just saying, oh, I want to come and visit a company. No company is going to just say, come, just come and spend my time. But because we're a community, people, they, they listen to us, you know, things around um, back then in the White House, the fights we had, you know, when they didn't want us to stay in the location again. You know, lecturers did not like that we were there. And we went, because we had a voice, we went, spoke to the right stakeholders and fought for our space. I, I'm not sure now that that space is still there now for this same guys, but 
But at that point, I knew that we had a voice and, you know, we, we had meetings, you know, we talked about certain things, things that, oh, this lecturer complained about this, we have to fix this, you know, just to ensure that we are, we are working with these stakeholders and we are making, we are making everybody comfortable with us being there. So I'll say, I'll say having that voice, having that inclusion is, is one key thing that helps you in creating that enabling environment. Because I don't see that the enabling environment to be the power, the, the, the internet, the infrastructure. I see that as a result, that that's what happens as a result of you being inclusive. You wow, know, so the same thing with Nigeria right now. In Nigeria right now, we're expecting a lot of things to happen. You know, just we want power, we want, you know, the government is this, the government is that, but still, we don't still have a voice. We don't still have one voice, you know, until Nigeria yeah, right. sees as a community, you know, as if most of us see ourselves as a community, that is the only time we can then change certain things, you know, like it's not going to, we're not going to be scattered and try to build this, it's like the children of Babel back in the Bible back then, you know, like, you can't do anything. This person is speaking this, and another person is speaking this. Somebody wants this. Somebody's like, well, I don't care about it. Since it's not, it's not touching me, not concerned me. What's happening in Southern Carolina? My people are not there, so it does not affect me. No. If all of us start speaking with one voice, you know, you notice that we can then drive the change that creates that enabling environment for a lot of other things. So I would say that's the most important thing in creating an environment. That's the first thing, that's the inclusion before, you know, the physical things that we see. Wow, that, that's, a very, that's a very brilliant submission, right? And uh, you, said, you said some things that, that, that are going to really um, get a lot of conversation when we are rounding up with the forum, the segments of the forum, right? So for every enabling environment, even as we discussed in the publications, right? There are the tangible mm -hmm. parts and the intangible parts, right? So the part of inclusion, you know, most times the intangible drives the tangible, right? As you've, you've, you've mentioned, right? And the, the idea of inclusion is, is brilliant, right? So let's move to the tangible parts, the power, the lights, the actual stuff, right? I know that one thing you did uh, brilliantly well, especially with consonants, was establishing multi-stakeholder partnerships, right? You were able to reach out to the Kudis, you were able to reach out to different people that were not, you know, actively part participating in that community. So how do how can communities right go about establishing multi-stakeholder relationships how do we engage stakeholders you know about our, our needs and how do we negotiate for resources that we need for a living environment after we establish inclusion of course right so how do we now take it further to engage stakeholders and show them that we share the same outcomes and shared goals this part is interesting uh, this part is interesting and it's because it's interesting to me because most, um, a lot of communities I'm seeing today just exist, you know, they just exist just because, you know, there's nothing, they're not necessarily driving for something, you know, so, and that's where you're talking about the tangibility part. So if you as a community is not necessarily driving, you don't have something tangible you're going towards, it's basically impossible to measure, you know, and everybody, every company wants to associate themselves with, with some form of growth, to some form of success, you know. Battle will reach out to people now, they will have to answer him, you know. And it's not because he has a nice head or people just like his beard. It's because of the things that he has done. So in communities also, we have something we call the track record where before you even start um, engaging multi-stakeholder, you know, engaging anybody, it's what have you done, you know? If I put out a list of people in my contacts, maybe about 2,000 people, have, do I have a community like that? I don't, I probably don't, it's not a community, you know? But say for instance, I have 10 people, you know, that are probably doing stuff, you know, we come together, we build one solution here, oh, we try to get it across, where, where oh, we got 100 people to use it, oh, then we want to get it to 1,000, we, we discover we need a partner, when we reach out to them, they will listen to us, you know, 
when we need funding, we will find it because of the track record, not because of uh, the fact that you are a community. Community on its own does not necessarily mean like there's nothing. The, just like I, I was just listening to um, Ace Kid was just saying something, something in the video in from 2017. You see, um, from Torah Nara, you know, he said, Asgard is not the place, it's the people. You know, then that's, if you remember, that's where they were able to move to other locations because, you know, it's the people. So the community itself is the people, not necessarily the name of the community, not consonants. Consonants means nothing to anybody except to the community members. So as, as, community, as community builders now, what we have to try to do is to first of all, start creating, start doing things, you know, just, I don't know if it's events that you're good in creating, if it's- Solve local problems, at least solve problems, immediate problems, you know, yes. Let people see the value that you're creating and Companies would definitely want to support you to create that post, that that's that's the value. It is normal. It is like because companies also want to create certain values. So if they see you creating value, they will support you to create value. So you can you can raise money then. I think you can reach out to me a lot. You know, I won't stop listening to a lot of people nowadays, you know, because what happens is that, oh, okay, I mean, because they you know I'm into communities and stuff, I'm just like, oh Kelvin. Please, um, we have this listing. Our budget is 1.2 million. Bro! <laughs> Your budget is 1.2 million. You know? Like, what are you doing? You want to do an event, big event. You want to be, do the biggest event. Why? You know? Is, is, that, is that, there's just that disconnect with how value is being created in the outside world and how communities think that value should be, should be accrued to them. So we wow. have communities wanting to get value and you know, they're just totally disconnected in how value is created. So if you wow. reach out to an organization to, to sponsor, you're not necessarily thinking about how can, this how can this organization, how can we create value for this organization where we are in what we're doing? You know, wow. you're just thinking, oh, because I'm doing an event, they should give me money. Mm. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> no, okay. So, but so I'm sure the community leaders here, we're like, we're sort of the, the ones that are, are sort of value-oriented. Yes, we're sort of, because the entire thing about the series, you know why I like this, um, the, the Venture Wishes series, it's because it's all about value creation. Yeah, it's not about the name of the communities you're building. It's not about yeah. the. It's not about the people that are in it. It's about what can be done, the value that yeah. can be created. How can yeah. this thing shift the economic position of this locality, this community? Nice, nice. And that yeah. is the most important thing in building awesome. a community. So you have to start thinking about the, the, the value that can be created. Wow! Brilliant submissions. This has been so fun. Um, so far, right? Really exciting stuff. Really exciting stuff. Now you, now let's jump right into the forum itself. Forum special, right? Now you mentioned something about Nigerian, right? That the reason one, one, you know, from the community perspective, that reason why Nigeria is why Nigeria is at this point is because we've not been able to establish an inclusive community, right? Where we have one voice tackling one problem part time, right? Now. Africa is said to be, you know, host to the youngest population in the world and is even projected to increase that number, right? And we on this side believe that a large portion of that young population are actually part of this undergraduate community, right? Mm -hmm. So first question, right, is how do we position ourselves to be part of the conversation about shaping the future of Africa as an undergraduate community, not even, you know, not the micro communities within, but how can young people as a community not establish the same problem that we're having as a general community in Nigeria right now? <laughs> Another tough one, I mean. <laughs> well, take your time, you can breathe. The undergraduate community. 
there's a lot there's a lot of of value in thinking about your undergraduate communities um there's a lot of like value that is like possibility you know from the undergraduate communities but i don't know if everyone, everyone's head is in the right space you know if you're thinking about things the right way um i used to believe so much in the youth and I, 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 I still do to a large extent, um, especially because of the people that I see, maybe like the people here, the community leaders here, people that are doing stuff. I see most of, a lot of them on Twitter, you know, people that really want to do stuff, like people that actually want to make a change, you know? And I, if you notice, if you notice something now, you know, just think about it across all industries, you will notice that, there are more young people doing stuff. Just, just think about it. And you've probably not seen it, or you know, you're now seeing the likes of Chief Fakarode, you know, being the youngest commissioner. You're seeing uh, Fireboy, Joe Boy, you know, Black Bones, you know, these young talents. I went to school with Fireboy and Black Bones, but like. You know, but now you're seeing them at the top of their game, you know, just before this system now, before this call, what I was listening to was Firebox um, album. You know, you have these young people that have just come, they just came out from basically nowhere to a lot of people, but they have been trying, they have been doing stuff, you know. So what I've noticed in that is, it's not just in this in music, it's across all industries, check it. In politics also. So what I've discovered is, even in business, you know, you have younger people doing developers, small boys, you know, small boys. You should be like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> mm. you know, it just shows you how the world has changed right now, you know, and and people are literally ready to give you a seat at the table if. You, if they know what you can do. Mm. But it's not about talking about it. It's not about just talking here and there. It's about creating that value that everybody can see. You know? So what, what I would say about the undergraduate community is there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah. You know, in us being able to take responsibility Beautiful. for the future. Awesome. Mm. Mm. I, you're, you're listening to me today because you think that I've, I've probably created some form of value, you know. But I don't think any of those things were handed to me, you know, on a platter or somebody giving me, say, take, do this, you know. Some of the things that some of us have done, we did not necessarily see it anywhere. Uh, we're just sort of trying to do things as it's coming, just being useful, you know. You ask, okay, just imagine this now, these conversations we are having now. Bartel is thinking about something and is able to create something from just his thoughts about certain things, about the about communities. So you just see there that like, there's nothing that will come on the platter, but definitely we need to start having the right conversations. So the right conversations meaning that we have to start taking responsibility for our own life, you know, for our own future. Awesome. Awesome. Um, mm. I'm proud. I'm here now. Um, where I'm living, um, I have to infer that um, I have good internet. I'm not thinking about that. I've created my own enabling environment for myself. Now, as much as this is very selfish, yes, as much as this is very selfish, because there's a lot more people that are still in the same. I'm in Lagos, so I'm in Lagos. As much as there are a lot of people that are living in, in even in my own environment, you know, and I know that expressing such enabling environment. You know, it's that thing where we have to first of all take responsibility for our own life and understand that there's no government that is going to come and save us. Um, my friend in the abroad, they are getting palliative measures. Did you get any alert? <laughs> alert? I only got alert. <laughs> only alert about the corona cases. <laughs> so, you know, so with, with all those things, you ask yourself, like, you know, we basically have to take full responsibility of our time, you know? We're watching what we're doing. We're, we're sort of having a, a better way to think about things. So when you look around, you're thinking, 
what can I do here? You know, and you don't just talk about it. You know, Patel could have just, you know, just gisted with me, you know, about this. But no, he took to action, you know, and, and created something like, and you're wondering, what exactly is this? But then it is driving conversations that is changing people's mindsets towards value creation, especially for communities. So we're not just necessarily talking, we're actually doing things. So I'm, I'm in my own space doing things. I saw, oh, there are a lot of people, the SME industry, MSME industry, do not necessarily have, has not necessarily been disrupted by technology. And that's what we're doing with sales about, you know? How can we just hand them technology to use for their business growth? That's what we're thinking about. It's, 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 not, it's not very like, when you start going into the intricacies, you start saying, oh, inventory management, logistics, payment. But beyond that, there's just one value that we're trying to create. How can these people that, this space that have not necessarily tasted technology, you know, the only technology that they've tasted right now is people sending their money via, you know, giving, sharing account number, people sending money. So <laughs> apart from that, how can they use technology for their own good? Because technology is sort of going inter intertwining everything. So we all have to start thinking about this. Um, and probably these conversations is what basically needs to start happening all over in all campuses. You know, how can we take mm. responsibility? You know, you as a community builder, how can you take responsibility for all your community and ensure awesome. that your community is having the right conversations? Awesome. So this is all of us doing the work because what we've noticed is that Nigeria can't be saved by any savior. You know, we have a lot of us have this savior mentality, you know, um, where it's me that is going to change it. No, I'm pretty sure it's not you, you know, but it's us. Yeah, it's all of us. I'm pretty sure it's not you. You know, so we just have to take away that mentality of, you know, trying to do it all and start having these conversations that inspire. I'm sure if Tony sees Ericsson, for instance, or Happy or Samson, you know, if we see you do things, do great things, they're proud. He's going to be proud. He has just sort of set that conversation in motion and you have taken it and you're done great things with it. So we have to see ourselves as not necessarily the custodian <laughs> of the success, <laughs> you know, but as an enabler. So we become the mm. enabling environment. The enabler environment. Mm. Brilliant, you know? brilliant. So mm. with the right conversations, with the right things, you know, doing what we can for the community, basically. And in that way, we, the endless community, you know, people in schools can start taking control of whatever they are doing and their own future. Wow, brilliant, brilliant. This has been so fun. Wow, amazing insight, right? Um, so you're not the only one having fun. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't worry, the, the comments... <laughs> Don't worry, the comment section is lit. Um, there are a lot of comments coming in. People are, are excited, right? So, um, you know, one final question, and then we'll now have your concluding statement is, um, so, listen to you now. Um, you know, you've highlighted the problems. You've also highlighted solutions and pathways we could take as a military community. What do you think is that one thing right now that we need to act on and we need to measure to know that we are making prog progress or some form of impact in this outcome that we desire? Do you understand the question? What is that one thing? You know, let's trim all the facts. You know, what's that one practical thing that we can get our hands dirty on, involve, you know, invest sweat, blood, and tears, yeah. but it also is measurable towards these impacts that we're looking for? There's one thing. Yes. <laughs> if it's going to be measurable, it's in the economy. Okay. If it's in the economy, it's about value creation. If it's about value creation, it is me and you. Building solutions. Beautiful. Asset. Wow. It's me and you. Wow. You know, after this conversation now, you go, if it's concerned, you learn the skill. If he's if he's volunteering, you go and volunteer somewhere. If he's starting one small distance, say, oh guys, um, look at what I'm thinking about. Look at this. Can we solve this? 
It is us solving problems. It is not more than that. It is not, it is not a, a lot of talk. It is doing your own. <laughs> this is so important because we keep on saying these things and it's almost like there are people, most of us expecting other people to be to build things. So if everybody is waiting for every other person to build things. I asked myself, I said, back then we built voice app, we were in 200 level. You know, we built voice app, we, we formed a team, cloud shots, you know, young guys just like me, my own classmates, you know, from computer, we formed a team. At some point we were even about 20, we formed a com company out of it. And we built, we built something called CD Build. We built something called diversity. We, we started a training called CPE. These things made money, except well, first half did not make money. <laughs> but we had investment interests. So we had somebody that wanted to invest a million at the time. Maybe I should have taken it. Maybe we should have taken it that time because at that time I was like, what? When Matsukawa was collecting $500,000? <laughs> <laughs> three million. So wow. maybe, 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 you know, I did not necessarily understand context at the time because at that time when we were reading all these stories, we were just on fire. You know, we want ah, we are going to be the next phase. We are going to be the, and we also thought that you know we could do it the way they did it. But it's obvious here, and with the, with the kind of conversation we're having right now, that you know our environment is different. Context, and yeah. Enabling environment is quite different from what we call enabling environment here. Um, I saw someone mention something today on Twitter, and she saw a lady on, in, I think, in America. This the title reads: A low income, a low income family tries to connect three laptops and two tablets on just one mobile internet for to train their for their kids to to be educated and she said she just realized that low income in america is different from low income here because how can you have low how can you say you have low income <laughs> i can afford three laptops three laptops <laughs> all your kids are at home and, you know but this is not the case here so the question will be if we, if we think about context, right? You know, how how can we change what we know as education? We already know that education is not working. It's basically like we already know. I studied mechanical engineering. I'm here, I'm working from home. Um I'm doing programs, program management. You know? <laughs> I'm not sure. That in my in my path in my career path, I'm going to need spanner to maybe tighten people's tighten the startup the startups that have we are doing program for you know <laughs> I'll probably not need that you know or designing anything. So I asked myself you know and I asked myself, wait, was it possible that I I could do this thing without going to school? Did anything that I learned in school, like not, not in the universities, in the whole university community, yes, there's a lot of other things that you learn, which is basically even what I'm writing on today. But like the thing that I learned, like going to classes, like so it's possible that you delete everything. Like I actually spent my time doing this thing I'm doing now, and I probably don't know where I'll be today because of that, the growth that I, that I would have taken. Now it's easy, it's easier said than done. But definitely if we think about that, if we, if we, if we think about it, we'll see that there's a lot of, like, a lot of things that you can do today. Like, you don't even need education. I, I saw, like, there's someone, a young lady that just kept on talking about school and why she wanted to go back to school and, you know, and I'm like, you know, you know, you know, that there's nothing like that you are not going to even use many of the things they are learning. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying school is useless. A lot of people still use, but most of us won't. <laughs> most of us did not and won't. So yes, the question right. is, how can we start creating that value from there? Um, mm. One thing that has helped me today is 
Imagine I focus totally on school. Definitely, I will not be able to do this, but what I'm doing today. Mm, but because true. I allowed myself to take on opportunities, um, mm. to learn things back then in school. I was a front-end developer. We were all coding back then in school. We were building robots. You know, mm. It was just interesting. It was fun, but we were creating value of some sort. You know, All those things we did back then, building that the app, I was working with teams. I was employing and firing. I was, I did not know that I was already, I was learning what I would, I would be doing in the next few years. I just thought I was, you know, doing it for the school. Like it was just what I was doing back then. So the, my key thing for you will be, you know, don't necessarily wait for the education system. Like follow it, but understand that there's a lot more value around what we call the education system today than the education itself. And wow, education, amazing. Education in itself is not, does not come from just one source. And you don't have to be defined by just one rule. You know, you have, you're, you're studying computer engineering, you think that everything about you must be computer engineering. You know, you're studying philosophy, and you think, hmm, I'm a philosopher. No, <laughs> you can be a, a coding philosopher. <laughs> you, can be, you can be a designing dentist. <laughs> mm. I don't know what point is that we've seen how you now as an individual can start creating a lot of value, not just in that single thing or that role that you have defined or carved out for yourself, but in other ways. And that's basically how you can create economic value for yourself, for your family. And we need that. The, the funny thing is that we need it. <laughs> Because mm. Nigeria is very poor. Yeah. Nigeria is very poor. You know, mm. if you don't if you don't do this, if you cannot create value and send money to your parents, then your parents will not be able to use sales cabal because they will not be able to pay. Wow, brilliant. So you understand mm. how and I will not make money. Mm. And my investor will not be happy. That's nice. why you also, not just them now, you also have to create that. Have to create value mm, within the undergraduate community. That's how, mm. that's how it just it just passes. Yeah, it has a ripple effect. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. Wow! Amazing contributions, Kelvin. Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, this was really exciting. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much. So we've come to the end of today's um, session. Um, you know, it was exciting. It was it was just beyond brilliant. So if there's you know one parting statement that you think would inspire people to take action, what would that concluding statement be so that we can round up today's session officially? <laughs> Is your laugh plenty? No. <laughs> when, I, when I hear something like that, you know, it's like I have to say something very deep. <laughs> yes, now it has to be very deep now. If, if it's not deep, then what's all this session for? <laughs> no, but um, what I'll say is that um, just we, all of us as individuals, we just need to break away from the thoughts around closing ourselves in a box. So, the, awesome. mm. the people in our the people that have gone ahead of us, they know one thing, you know, how to do one thing and just continue on it. This generation is quite different, you know. You have the reader as a musician, as an artist, it's also as a level owner, you have people as an entrepreneur, they're also doing this, you know. You're seeing that what we call the gig economy is actually like right here in our hands. It's not it's not something that we're saying is in the next five years, in the next ten years, all those projections. Is right here, right now. We have, like, you have the ability to create your own an economy around yourself. So, don't, don't, don't box yourself inside. Be open to opportunities. Just continue creating. Just continue to do things. Create value. Find yourself. Make sure you are useful in any way you are. Just be useful. That's the most important thing. I mean, if you're going to create value, if you're going to make money. The, the entire reason why I'm working is that I can create some form of value for my organization, right? And I'm going to be paid for that. You know, yes. So the idea is, if I'm going, if I want to make more money, I have to find a way to create more value. You know, so I think that's just it's just it just continues that way. And as as you know, success begets success. So when you do this in a, in a small way, you know, somebody is going to give you the opportunity to do it in a bigger way. 
I don't know, nobody knew me in part one. I was this serious boy. But before you knew it, I was doing this. Before you knew it, I went for a training in Clash, it's called, ah, I've forgotten the name. One electrical training like this where they taught us to, to, to you know, use components, electrical components. <laughs> That was what I started training people in the Clash of Practical Engineering. And people were paying wow. 5,000 Naira, you know, to join that, that thing. And in each moment, you know, you would, would have 50K to 100K, you know, just sort of creating that value. Then somebody sees you and wants to give you an opportunity. Then because of what you receive, your exposure, you, you will be able to create more. And it just keeps on going like that. And that's how career growth works. You creating value, being useful in the little things and just, Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Pretty boy in the building. <laughs> and I look forward to what pretty boy. But yeah, stop. I look forward to seeing what you can create, you know, by yourself, with your community, with the people around you, you know, just go forth and prosper, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. So it's it's been amazing learning that for the undergraduate community to take part of the conversation in the future of Africa, we need to start creating value today. We need to start creating an enabling environment by ourselves for ourselves to drive value creation today. Thank you so much, Kelvin. It's been an exciting time. You can check the comment section to just see um, the excitement um, from people. It has been amazing. I really love this session. I'm going to cherish this video. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank awesome. you. So, have a great time, yeah? All right, bye.